Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome in Tuesdays from Top Golf. Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane. We got the champ. He's coming. He's coming late, though. I mean, the, he just called me. He said his something shut off on his bike. I'm not talking about his bicycle, his motorcycle. You know, when you're the champ and you knock somebody out and you win in a four round, fourth round TKO, you kind of just uh, you drive in on your Harley. I think it's a Harley. It's a Harley, right, Casey? I think so. Yeah. And so, uh, well, that's what he was doing. But apparently he's not far. He might have to walk the rest of the way. He thinks it might be a battery. So uh, he'll be here. Um, you know what is here? Nothing but cakes. How about that? White fudge-covered Oreo bites. Dropped you some off, didn't I, Casey? You did. Man yeah. of your word. Good you word. You know what else? Look at this. Look at this in the in the video screen. What is that right there? Not going to lie to you, Brent. Don't see it. So I uh, might want to save this bit for a little later on oh, in the show. I thought you could see me. You don't see me. They haven't, they haven't got us through, huh? I don't see you, no. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's go. I told you it was about 2.30 we should have sent that text to those guys. Uh, the uh, Anyway, we'll show you what that is in, in just a little bit. We got all the goodies here on this uh, last day before Thanksgiving for us. We'll be off tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. It's busy here at Top Golf. By the way, Tuesdays at Top Golf, they kill it during the, high, uh, the high holiday season. And... Uh, Oh, they kill it all the time, but uh, it's getting real busy, you can tell. So, good crowd out here uh, for Tuesdays at Top Golf, and uh, glad to be here on the holiday week. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, and hey, uh, we found somebody's offense that's just as bad, if not worse, than the Jags. I don't know if you can be worse, but it's just as bad, and that's the New York Giants. That was a disgusting display of football uh, by their offense, uh, by Daniel Jones. But honestly, like, it was hard. Daniel Jones wasn't very good, but they couldn't block anybody. I mean, that offensive line, again, everybody who criticizes the Jags' offensive line, watch the Giants' offensive line. Watch the Jets' offensive line. Watch, like, Chicago's offensive line. They would all take this offensive line. And, and by the way, 15 other teams would, too. I'm convinced of it. The crazy part about the Jags' offense being so bad is that it's really not all on the offensive line. Now, they haven't been great at times, but they really are not as porous as their output on offense is. And the Giants were terrible up front. Uh, it's two different class of teams. San Francisco, I'm San Francisco. Uh, Tampa Bay has a chance to, to go back-to-back, and they're that kind of team. So uh, they looked like it a little bit more so yesterday against the Giants. And how about Jason Garrett getting fired? He uh, is done with the New York Giants, so they're already making a move. Yeah, well, you know, when it looks that bad. Yeah, and what's interesting now, you got Daniel Jones at the – potentially end of his Giants career. Likely, I would say. And you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence at the beginning. You cannot make a move like that here in Jacksonville. Like, you just can't. You're like, saying midseason? You can't do that. You can't do that to a young quarterback. Like, that is not – that shows you're a mess more than anything. I think you can debate whether you should be you should do it in the offseason because you want continuity. Continuity is important. And by the way, nobody likes offensive coordinators, any of them. Like, who are you getting? You have to always wonder who you're getting. I think it's a curiosity of mine and Dan Mullen being fired. Who are you getting? You're getting a better coach? You're probably going to get a better recruiter. You always have to ask that. Who are you getting on the other side? Uh, you want Jawan Taylor being gone at right tackle? Fine. Who are you getting? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, those are real questions. Those aren't questions that the fan base, the fan base like, I don't care, just give me something different. They just want their feelings to 
you know, be felt. Their emotions to be heard. And that's not the way they think down there in buildings. So uh, if you think because Jason Garrett got let go that, oh, look, Daryl Bevel might be next for the Jags. Look at their offense. It ain't happening. Like, they will not fire Daryl Bevel this in-season especially. And I'm still not convinced they're going to fire him at the end of the season. Uh, you know, uh, Urban Meyer will take a hard look at that, and a lot of times you do make moves. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, but he talked highly of Bevel yesterday, too. I mean, I think there is so much going on that it's hard to pinpoint anyone. It's hard to say, hey, Trevor, it's your fault. It's your offensive line's fault. Hey, it's just the receiver's fault. Hey, it's just the offensive coordinator's fault. There's been so many different parts that are bad. That's what's really difficult. You hope something is just bad. Like, maybe it's the quarterback. I'm glad that's not the case. But Or it's just the receivers, or it's just the play caller, or it's just the O-line. When everything takes turns being bad, well, that's a problem. Because what's your identifier? And and there really isn't one. So um, it's not just one single identifier uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense uh, that struggles. You know, this is the time to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons come to town they have 43 points in their last four games combined and i think that was one game that had like a really good output uh, maybe against the saints or something like 25 of those points came in that one uh, the jaguars have not scored more than 23 points in a game i think the recipe here is really simple for the jacksonville jaguars if they're going to win this football game they have to score 24 points like, that's it yeah that's it they have to hit their new high for the season they have to score 24 points if they score 24 points i think they won the football game i think it's that simple Boy, what a tough task we're asking for 24 points in the NFL. Shame on us. It's the shame of the season. But, yeah. <laughs> Don't steal my line. No, I told you it's the shame of the season. There's a lot of shames of the season then. They just keep going around. I think it's a it, – I don't know if it's a year line. I think it's more of a station line, but you can claim it. That's fine. I'm going to keep yeah. using it, though. I'm not going to stop. Uh, yeah, the Atlanta defense is not any good. So, 24 points uh, – I don't know if we're going to see it, to be honest with you, but it should be a attainable number for sure. The question is, can they score 24 points? Probably not. If well, I mean, I know the trend doesn't say that, but I mean, come on, it's twenty-four points. Well, yeah, but you have nothing. I mean, besides the fact that you're just going to say it's twenty-four points, you have nothing to fall back on that says, "See, they can score twenty-four points." Like, yeah, there's no I, evidence here. No, there's really not a lot of evidence uh, that they can do it. I mean, their best, you know, from a a really looking good on offense perspective and consistent on offense. I really think goes back to, like, the Cincinnati game where they would have scored three times in the first half. I mean, they would have had 21 points in the first two quarters. Right. And then they actually put together a, a very – it was an impressive – go back to that third quarter and all the momentum was with Cincinnati, and then Trevor and company put together a nice drive to get to 21 points, and then they couldn't get more than that. But they really had, like, four really good drives that should have netted them 28 points in that game. We all know what happened on that fourth down play. So – I think that's inter- like that is where the evidence lies. Like you got to go all the way back to what was that week three or four three, um, that's it. And and since then they've just been broken with the dysfunction and and kind of jagged running game that they have, which they don't know what they can rely on. Uh, they don't know if James Robinson's going to be healthy. They don't know if he he's hurt or they shouldn't be able to run him. Uh, they don't know what to rely on in in their running game. And I, I think that's problematic. Meanwhile, you look at Atlanta, and, I mean, they don't have Calvin Ridley, obviously. Their offensive line was so bad that Thursday night game. Holy cow. Like, the Jags, I understand that they'll do stuff now and coaching it up to, to get better. Atlanta will to kind of say, all right, we need to do this and this and protect Matt Ryan. 
but the Jags have got to be drooling looking at that tape. Like, their defensive front, which has been playing better football, they could dominate this game. They really should dominate this game because that offensive line uh, of the Falcons was just horrendous. And I understand the defensive front of the Patriots is pretty good and probably better than the Jags. Judon's played so well. Uh, Barmore's played well for them. But it's not, like, crazy better. I mean, listen, we have a Judon-esque player. We have Josh Allen here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Malcolm Brown and Devon Hamilton have been creating some havoc now in that interior, and even Taven Bryan's name should come in to play here. And so maybe they can do what the Barmores and company did uh, for, for the Patriots. I'm not saying the Jags should be as dominant. Again, I think there'll be some corrections on the Atlanta side of things, but there's a chance to be dominant on, the, on that side of the ball. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The question is, can they score? Like, uh, And can they get turnovers and give the ball back and do what they did against the Buffalo Bills to kind of put their offense in a pretty good situation? And even if it's kicking field goals, at least you're getting points. So uh, that that's going to be something to watch in this game for, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coming up on Sunday. But, I mean, I, I don't sit here and tell you I love the Jags in this game. I don't know what to do in this game coming up on Sunday like Atlanta's awful mm -hmm. and they're really Jekyll and Hyde and they'll jump out the leads and blow them and then they came back and beat the Saints but the Saints stink right now and they really have for the last four weeks so that win isn't at all impressive uh, and I really don't know what to think about the Jags oh, I do I mean the Jags right now are awful like they're not good and yeah. they're getting depleted by injury and so you've just got two teams that look like they're really going nowhere in terms of building momentum and direction. And, and that's really hard to pinpoint what they're going to look like five days from now here in Jacksonville. But I hope there's a little bit of desperation in the Jags in terms of getting a W. I mean, they, coming off that game, they have to play with some sense of urgency and like, hey, we cannot look like that two weeks in a row. And I'd like to buy into the fact that the Jags are not going to look like that two consecutive weeks. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I just can't buy into it yet. But I think with Atlanta, it's obviously an opponent you can beat, which is a weird thing to say when you look as bad as you have recently. But Atlanta's no good. We're The Jags, I, I, I guess we're no good too. So I don't know how many people are going to be watching outside of Jacksonville and Atlanta, but it's going to be uh, hopefully at least an exciting game and not garbage on the field like we've seen from both teams of late. Yeah, um, well, we'll see. It could uh, there certainly be a garbage. All right, are the Tampa Bay Bucks? are they about to catch a groove? Like, did we learn anything about the Bucks last night? Or was that just the Giants team that was so bad and, and um, you know, obviously just mismatched in that game? Because right now, like Indianapolis, the Patriots, San Francisco even, look like they're starting to climb maybe even minnesota i think you could give them that because now they've won a couple in a row i think they won at denver and then at green then uh, against green bay so like you take those four teams and even uh, maybe a kansas city's on this list like you can look at some teams that are climbing i'm not sure if tampa's in that conversation yet i don't know if i feel that way about them i felt that was a little bit more of a mismatch of a game yeah um i think i think it's a start and it's kind of like a a game you needed now you could have said that the week prior against the uh, Washington football team but I think that's just a, a bad team against a good team and I think it's going to be a spark for the Bucks in general because looking forward the immediate future is the Colts in Indy so that is going to be an interesting game uh, on both sides you're going to learn about one of both of those teams probably but then looking past that for the Bucks you got the Falcons you got the Bills you got the Saints Panthers Jets Panthers so they have an easy schedule that there's a lot of winnable games. The only games that are really going to be tested are probably Indianapolis 
and the Bills. So uh, I think it was a get-right game for the Bucks, and I think they will take off a little bit. But I, I'm very interested to see what happens when they play the Colts on Sunday. Yeah, um, that would be interesting. We'll be interesting to see. Colts are playing really well. Brent Martin, Austin Lane has arrived. Did you how walk in? Did you get that uh, thing going? Yeah, What's yeah, up? No, I had to walk in, man. I was surprised how long it is from public to over here. And then I'm like, do I run? Why do I just jog? Why you ride? It would have been a way better story, yeah, man. But, then you could have got us a new listener, too, because you've been like, hey, turn on ESPN. It's a dang good point, but I feel like people might be a little turned off right now with the black eye and just the, the intimidating presence. The I haven't I mean, seen it. It's not too shabby. It's ah, all right. It's not bad, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. Wait, my, my story is, I already told a lot of people, I was like, wait till you see what I did to Austin after the bad sh- show we had the other day. Oh, I like it. Okay. So I'm, I'm ready for people to kind of think that I punched you in the eye. Well, I mean, if that was the case, I could put on some makeup or something, man, really sell it a little more. Yeah. Next time, tell me what's going on. So uh, welcome back. Good to be back. I mean, really, what would have been a power move is if you had brought the belt and yeah. walked from Publix to here with, with the, the belt. belt on or at yeah. least on the shoulder so the the belt is super heavy i was is very it? surprised i'm not sure if you saw the video where i, I was getting put on me but yeah, yeah. coach had a little problem putting it on me I yeah mean, so we, we weren't ready for that yeah, I, guess. I think you should rib him a little bit for that oh trust me, me or <laughs> trust me we, we've had many conversations already about that have so. you watched the fight back yet uh yeah i watched it back once just kind of kind of critique myself a little bit you know what can we improve on and all that good stuff so yeah i've seen it back a couple times all right yeah um uh, I'm going to get into the fight stuff in a bit. Cool. But, uh, Jason Garrett fired. Yeah. Uh, I was just telling everybody that Daryl Bevel won't be fired if that's what people want because yeah. there's no way they're going to fire their offensive coordinator midstream with a rookie quarterback. Like, that's a disaster waiting to happen if you did that. No, for sure. But then let me ask you this question. Do you think Daryl Bevel is going to survive then for the whole year and then come back next year? Yeah, I do think he'll survive this okay. year. I don't know. I, I think it's still too early to say he's not going to survive past this. We yeah. have seen that. Listen, we are an exercise in futility here in Jacksonville, which means we know what works and doesn't work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Am I here to tell you that Daryl Bevel's the answer at offense coordinator? Well, not exactly. But I'm also a little concerned with what's on the other side of door two, if you will. I think I heard Urban say that a couple of times. Yeah. Right? Like, what? We've seen it. You know, if you go Jetfish and then Olsen and then finally the Hackett. So do you have to change three times to find Hackett? Because Hackett was actually the best of the bunch and ended up leading this offense to pretty good things in 2017, you might remember. Yeah. And then they ended up getting rid of him eventually. Mm-hmm. So this constant change at offensive coordinator. Remember we talked to Allen Robinson at the Super Bowl, and he said, listen, it's not that I don't like being in Jacksonville. He said, but it's very hard, not just as a quarterback, but as a player, when you have this constant change and revolving door of the coaching positions, and we yeah. kept seeing that, it's no, hard sure. to adjust and adjust and adjust from not only a play caller, but even a position coach. Continuity is king in sports. It Continuity is, is king in life, really. It is king, but keep in mind, I mean, it can go one of two ways. Either you're not good at your job at offensive coordinator and your offense doesn't do well, they don't produce, and you get fired. Or either you have a top five NFL offense, you're innovative, you're inventive, and all of a sudden now you're getting a head coaching job someplace else because offense is king right now. So I understand that, yes, you have a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You, you don't want to have offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator that try to groom him and make him into what you want. You, you want a consistent path for Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, this happens all the time in the NFL where offensive coordinator has success and then he goes to a new team as well. So, I mean, that's just kind of the way of the landscape. Yeah, listen, you can't just – you don't want to not change – if you're stuck in a spot. Yeah. But you also can't just change for change's sakes all the time. 
and especially with a young quarterback. And so that's why when you ask me what's going to happen after this season, I don't know. I, I think there will be some changes on the staff. I mm -hmm. think that happens. Urban Meyer, this is not, we said this yesterday, this is not a coaching tree where there's a bunch of loyalty inside the building to Urban or to Charlie Strong or, or even to Joe Cullen and others. There's not a, this isn't a loyalty-built staff. Mm -hmm. We have that around the NFL, and a lot of times we don't like that around the NFL because then you're just like, hey, that's my buddy. Yeah. So that's why you've got the job, and that's why I'm, I'm afraid to fire you, right? Yeah. Well, that's not it. I mean, he's not going to be afraid to fire anybody, I would say, outside of maybe Charlie Strong. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's going to fire Joe Cohen. I think we're starting to see it going the right direction, and there's some things to build off. Now, there's still plenty of time to screw that up, too, in Jacksonville. <laughs> but, the, but I do think from a, an offensive standpoint, like, I don't think he's going to be afraid to say, all right, Sanjay Lal, you shouldn't have bought that $9 million house because you're not hanging around here. Well, you know? I mean, there has to be some sort of change. Right, like I understand your personnel is hurt right now. Um, a lot of guys are kind of rotating in and out, but at the end of the day, your offenses can't—you you can't even put up more than 15 points, 16 points, and, and that's not going to cut it in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. So if that's the case, and you evaluate this past season and go, okay, did we score 30 points at all? Well, probably not. Uh, how many times did we score over 20 points? Not that many. A change needs to be made, whether it's from a position coach, whether it's from an yeah. offensive coordinator. But, like, you can't be Urban Meyer and say, we're just going to roll with the status quo, and we have confidence going into next year when we have new players. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, they're giving you the evidence of it not working, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if players don't work and they don't do their job, they probably move on. Correct. If coaches don't do their job, they move on. There's a lot to consider in it. but And I would say this, is there still time to rescue it? I still, I feel... I firmly believe that even if they get lucky, which I don't think it would be luck, but I think they will figure something out eventually over these last seven games. Now, will it be enough, and can you do it enough to give you faith that, okay, now we got it cooking, yeah, now we yeah. got it working, right? So they got seven games. In my opinion, a guy like Bevel, right, a guy like Sanjay Law, a guy like Schottenheimer even, have a chance to say, all right, I got seven games to kind of figure this out and trend in an upward direction. Mm -hmm. Get the quarterback going a little bit. Give him some confidence. Get to 27 points, 30 points. Have a three-week stretch where we're on fire yeah. and we feel like we're cooking. Um, I got all the excuses in the world. I don't have ETN. I don't have Char. I don't have a healthy James Robinson. You know what? There's a lot of teams that have excuses. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter in the NFL. Like, that does not matter. So, uh I, I think they still have time to rescue it with seven games to go, but they better get going, man, in a hurry. Well, no, because this is a team that you want to see progressing, and right now they've regressed. You know, that these past couple of games, the offense has been <laughs> nothing short of just stagnant. I mean, you can't produce anything. And, yes, it, it comes down to the players making plays, making catches. It comes down to Trevor Lawrence making better decisions. It comes down to play callers making better calls. It comes down to all of that. But I'm just saying right now, this is not where you want to be as a Jaguars offense in terms of regressing, especially with a young quarterback, with, with, with the future of your franchise. Um, mistakes are going to happen. I expect interceptions from him. I expect fumbles and sacks and all that stuff. But what I don't expect is to see him take steps back because for whatever reason, it's just it's not gelling and it's not flowing. All right, uh, Casey, do you have, uh, you have the camera working now? We got it. We got it figured out. Don't say you. we. It yeah. Wasn't you. yeah, yeah, I know. You don't like to be blamed I mean, for anything. I was, know. Well, <laughs> this one wasn't my fault. I have the receipts, so yeah. I'm ready to fight anybody at this point. Well, it just sometimes like here's the thing: we have to. We do this. We're able to do this because of our TV station. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we can't hammer the TV station. Yeah. But some, for whatever reason, the routing system that we had, it wasn't what we usually route to, wasn't working. 
So we saw the downtown camp for a while, right? It's a yeah, nice, nice day here. Cool. November. I actually thought it was going to be a lot colder today. I actually brought like a stocking cap today. I thought it was going to be outside, breezy, yeah. kind of chill, like. It's well, not it was, bad at all. It was a little chilly this morning when I had to get up, but um, no, the sun's out now. It feels nice. I mean, this, these are prime Thanksgiving Day temperatures, I feel like, so, or at least close to it. So anyway, uh, free-range hot buns. Look what I got. What do you got, Look man? Look what I got for you. So w these are just buns? These are buns. Okay, thank you, You have man. to make them hot. Like, uh, are how we the hell these? was I supposed to make them hot? No, for sure. Is there an oven we can put these in? And I, just, I'm sure. Are I mean, we, we going to serve these up? Top just Golf's got <laughs> terrific food. But either that or <laughs> you just take it for your, no, uh, your Thanksgiving. I, I will, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Right. That's awesome. Uh, so I love it. And, and we got we got the uh, we got Oreos. Show everybody the I Oreos. I see that. Yep. So we got so the, white the white fudge, fudge covered Oreos. Oreos. Um, I'll be honest with you. The package leaves a little less than to be desired. Well, I mean, up the packaging a little bit, huh? Uh, I, I got to I mean, tell you, here's the thing. They usually, I usually get the box. Casey, have you seen these before? Because it looks like I'm eating marshmallows here. I haven't seen the ones that you, like, the, the bags that we have, I have not seen. I've only seen the box. No, no, so you've seen the box. Yes. Well, so I went to the grocery store today, and I was like, I, I don't see the box. And by the way, there are now, like, 25 different kinds of Oreos. Like, they, uh -huh. I didn't, I can't, they have, like, the Christmas Oreos, they have the other, they, they actually have the, uh... We have uh, mint cream here. They have chocolate we have, fudge. Yep, fudge covered. Right? Which, I mean, I'm not a chocolate guy, so sure. I didn't go with that, so I stayed with the white chocolate, which I know, but they didn't have the box of them. So instead, they had these bags, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, it's still the same thing, and probably a little bit less calorie intake each time. True, right? true. So We're these are shareable. Yep. And so I dropped one off to Casey instead of a whole box. I dropped one off to the sports Look office. at you, man. I bring one for you. Mr. And Thanksgiving. Like, I even got one for Scoby. Nice. Oh, so wait, these are all mine. Those are all yours. Oh, score. Thank you, well, man. And hopefully Ronan eats them, too. Well, well, I mean, we'll see how good they are first. And uh, then show everybody this right here. Okay. This, my so, friend, is nothing but cake. Okay. I'm excited for this because I still don't really know what a bunt cake looks like. For I mean, like I saw it on Google, but let's go in for the. See, that's not what I expected. I thought it was gonna be like a big. Well, there are big cakes. But okay. These are bite-sized ones. Okay. You know, you show the camera. Well, they, hang they, on. I, I'm getting a whiff first. There you go. Yeah. All right. And so, first of all, bunt cakes. There's more a, like home run cakes. Am I right? There's, it's there are big ones, and then these are called like buntinis. Okay. Now. Brent, what kind of frosting are we talking about here? So this is their variety pack. Nice. All right. And we've got, uh, what is that, the velvet? This is this is red velvet, yes. So these are yeah. their top four, like, they, they have these ready to go. Okay. And these are, like, their um, most popular. Nice. So whatever kind of chocolate that yep. is. Uh, and then Live there's a right lemon. Now, I like it. Okay, lemon, nice. And then I don't know what that other one I forget. Uh, it's like, uh, I forget. I okay. Forget. I'll have to look it up. Okay, cool. But, so there you go. So Thank you, man. So well, I mean, never, we can share is, these. So this is a new day for you. This is a... <laughs> like, this is a big day for you. You've yeah, never had a... bunt cakes. <laughs> you've never had white fudge Oreos. No. And now that you won your fight, yeah. uh, Austin... And I have some free-range free hot, hot buns. buns. Yeah. We got those, too. Toasted. Now, you get the wait. hot stuff on Thurs on Thanksgiving Day. You can just throw them in the oven. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, my wife's going to be super appreciative of that, because we haven't really gone shopping yet, because yeah. we're, you know, last-minute people. So, so you're so welcome nothing thank you for bunt helping cakes out. and Oreos for the uh, free Now, commercial. these look delicious. Don't have to share this with Scobie. I assume. Oh, you gotta yeah. share it with. I love Wait, these. Wait, didn't Scooby make fun of bunt cakes too? 
no, or not? Scobie might have, by the way, so he might not get one. Okay. We'll give one to the, the waitress here at Top Golf. I think she's earned that. That'd be nice of you. Um, and I definitely will have one. Now, I'm not a chocolate fan. I don't even really love the velvet, but I mean, oh, wow. you're, I, you're, I like the you're, lemon. You're, you're really selling this brand right now. Well, no, that's just me. I got like you. Everybody yeah. else does. But yeah. the, the lemon, I've already told you, this is like... This yeah. is my version of drugs. <laughs> like, I'm not even a sweet person, and I love this thing. Like, this yeah. would be the best moment of my day is when I eat that okay. lemon bunt cake. Okay. Like, and it's, there's nothing going to top it. <laughs> It'll be the best moment of my day. So, okay. we will have that. I like it, anyway, man. Let's Thank go you very much. Break. We'll talk sports, too. But uh, come on out. Maybe you get a bunt cake or at least a <laughs> white fudge Oreo. Okay, well, see, I was told these are mine, and now we're giving these out to no, everybody. No, it's more. all good. I mean, I've got more. Okay. I got you. I've, I've, I've got more. Okay. So, right on. Uh, you'll get yours. Cool. All right. And by the way, like, you can go to Publix anyway and get more of the Oreos because your I'm bike is well, 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 I'm going to stop there anyway. Yeah. yeah, on the way back. So, so yep. there we go. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back uh, Tuesdays from Top Golf. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, having some fun. Let's talk more about this fight and also more about the Jags. Do they have any fight left? Uh, that on the way on ESPN 690, plus some rookie report card grades, um, I think. And also around the NFL we go today before Josh Kobe joins us here from Top Golf at 5 o'clock. We think, unless he's golfing again. Even man in the tournament, yeah, who knows, yeah. man. Uh, we'll be back on ESPN 690. It's not your job to be patient. It's not the fans' job to be patient. It's our job to go out there. All right, and give them something to cheer about. So let's just be clear about that right now. Fans buy tickets. Whatever they want to say in the stands, they've bought that right to do that. Fans support us. Fans watch us at home, okay? They root for us. They pull for us. We appreciate that. It's our job to give them something to be proud of. It's not their job to, you know, have blind faith in us. We've got to go out there and we have to work and put, this up, put ourselves in a position that the fan base has something to cheer for. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out... Like, it could be a lot of it, teams. It could be a lot of teams, but it certainly could be Jacksonville, but that is nobody that I know from yeah. Jacksonville. So that's not Jacksonville. Is that Gi is that the Giants? I mean, they were on the road, though, right? So that wasn't Joe Judge. Oh, you better uh, believe that was Joe Judge. Was Joe it Joe Judge? Judge really? Yep. Man. And then he fired his OC. Should have fired Daniel Jones while you're at it, but it's, it's okay. What was Daniel supposed to do yesterday? Not throw interceptions would be a good start. Well, yeah, that one was disgusting. Wasn't that, the that, one? That, that was not ideal. Listen, I'm, I'm about to heel turn on everything that I'm all about. Oh, wait, 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 wait a second now, Brent. No, I'm about to heel turn wait on everything second, I'm about. Wait a second, Brent. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not playing, I'm not going to stick up for Daniel Jones anymore. I'm going to tell you that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust, mm -hmm. that the Jags are never going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like the sunshine and rainbow is about to get cloudy. Well, a storm is coming. I mean, it's not good for the brand, I feel like, because there's, there's a lot of those people out there like myself. I know it, but maybe but that appeals to the masses a little bit True, more. true. I mean, Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan, when he went heel turn, yeah. didn't hurt him. Oh, it didn't hurt him at all. Now, if John Cena did, kids maybe would have cried a little bit. You, you try to make kids cry? I, I'm i trying not to make myself cry. Okay, I got you. Um, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, Brent, let's just relax. I know it doesn't look the best right now. Let's wait and see. And as far as Daniel Jones, Jones is concerned, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. I told you so. Yeah. Well, eventually, that's what everybody's going to tell me. I told you so. I told, I told you so, so about Urban Meyer. I told, I told you so, so about Jack. Hey. I told you about Trevor Lawrence. I told you about Daryl Bevel. I told you about... Yeah, but it's <laughs> but it's not like one of those things where I'm just saying. I mean, we can go back to, the, to the, the audio last year of Kyler Murray versus Daniel Jones and how that whole conversation went for a good couple months, if you want. Yeah. Because somebody's kind of an MVP contention still a little bit. I mean, we'll see if he comes back and plays. Yeah, is he ever going to play again? Well, I, I mean, maybe... Ever? Mm-hmm. 
I, I hope so. Soft. I hope so. MVP soft guy. I hope so. Can't can't pull well, with an ankle. Sorry, sorry. He doesn't have Joe Judge as a coach. Where you come off a major concussion and then you rush the ball <laughs> 35 times in a game. <laughs> I mean, well, that's one of those Judge. throws. Now I know why he runs it so I much. I guess so. But Joe Judge, take it easy. Old so is Joe Judge, Judge talking to Jaguars fans or Giants fans? Yeah. I thought it applied to everybody. I mean, that was a great. It, seriously, insert. Any Jag uh, member of the brass mm -hmm. and listen to Joe Judge. Can you play it again, Casey? <laughs> Give me a second. I, I think anybody, like, this could be Mark Lamping, Shad Khan, Urban Meyer, Chad Johnson. This could be uh, Trevor Lawrence. Anybody. And Joe Judge just said this. It's not your job to be patient. It's not the fans' job to be patient. It's our job to go out there. All right, and give them something to cheer about. So let's just be clear about that right now. Fans buy tickets. Whatever they want to say in the stands, they've bought that right to do that. Fans support us. Fans watch us at home, okay? They root for us. They pull for us. We appreciate that. It's our job to give them something to be proud of. It's not their job to, you know, have blind faith in us. We've got to go out there and we have to work and put, this up, put ourselves in a position that the fan base has something to cheer for. I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Like, Joe Judge ain't going to save his job. No, that, but that will endear himself for five minutes to the fan base. Like the fans want to hear that. Like that they do. They want somebody to say something like that. Now, Urban has tried to reach out to the fans. He's tried to say, "Listen, we're going to get this turnaround." Uh, Trevor Lawrence is very in tune with the fan base and knowing mm -hmm. that they haven't won around here in a long time. Uh, he kind of speaks right to the fans sometimes. He does a good job. So I'm not saying those guys are not, but I do think like, I mean it. You know, would this fan base like to hear from, like, Shad Khan in that kind of respect? You know, like, I, I think, by the way, Mark Lamping's even been very transparent. And Shad doesn't do this, all right? Shad doesn't talk to – he doesn't – he talks about, like, once, maybe twice a year, you know? Yeah. So he does not – like, he's not Jerry Jones where he's going to talk all the time. Um, but I think people like to hear this. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, the fans, they feel better when you're like, hey, at least you recognize that you suck <laughs> and, and that we don't want to buy the ticket until you're better. Yeah. And, and by the way, the fan is telling – Shad Khan and the Jags that, like, blatantly in the last couple of home games. I mean, that was a San Francisco home game. Yeah. And, and, by the way, the fans, like, I know several fans that bought season tickets and sold them, not sold the season tickets, but sold those tickets Sunday to the 49ers yeah. fan. And because they could make some money back on it. And I don't know if I blame them on that, uh, given well, the current state and what that looked like on Sunday. No, of course, after that last game, I mean, I say you got a pretty good investment if you sold those tickets for more than you paid for them. I mean, I'm, and I think they uh, probably I, did. And that's just, that's real talk. Which the San Francisco fan might be kind of dumb because they probably could have got tickets for less than what they true, sold them to. True, true, Whatever. <laughs> um, I understand where you're coming from where you say, yeah, it, it, it's good to kind of showcase the fan a little bit and say, hey, we hear you. We, this sucks for everybody right now. And, you know, we see you. I mean, I, I think fans do appreciate that. But from the other side of things, like Urban Meyer was very keen on this when he first got to Jacksonville, right? He kind of included the fans and everything. He talked to them personally at training camp. Do you run the risk, though, of involving the fans too much as a coach where you open yourself for more criticism then because they feel like they're part of the, the whole thing now? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I, ju I just feel like... I feel like when people, listen, people liked Doug Marone to a degree because he would say stuff to the fans. Yeah. Like, yeah, we suck. We're sorry. You know, and that kind of resonated. Now, it doesn't resonate forever. But mm -hmm. when you acknowledge that you're giving us nothing, 
mm. to grab onto. I think there's a certain, at least they see it, right? Yeah. And so then you can be like, well, if they know it in the building, maybe they don't have their blinders on, like this is all this charade, and at least they can see it. Now, the one thing about Urban, that's again, Urban and Trevor are both in very candid in their remarks. They're yeah. like, that was awful. Yeah. And, and like, I think Urban said something like, yeah, we played like ass, but we're not going to play like ass all the time. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I think he said ass kicked or something. But you yeah. get my point. Like, we're not always going to get our ass kicked. And, and that, that was his, like, message of, like, we are going to turn this around. Well, but yeah. we're seeing no evidence of the turnaround. And we're 10 games in, yeah. and we grab onto that Buffalo game, and we're like, all right, let's go. And then two weeks later, we get that performance mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. And now you almost don't even want to look on Sunday because you're afraid if you have that kind of performance again against a crappy Atlanta team, you're, you're like, what are we doing? Where are we going? So re-watching that game today uh, and trying to look at and see where it went wrong, and there's obviously there's a laundry list of things where it went wrong. I'm sure you guys talked about Rayshon Jenkins already and everything like that. Um, you know, as a captain, you, you cannot be throwing punches. And maybe you discussed this, but did it almost seem like that was the plan from San Fran? Where, like, after the Rayshon Jenkins, you know, threw the punches, like, they were celebrating it. Like, they almost expected that to happen. Yeah, like, they, we're, they we're, had we're got like, under his skin. We're, we're like, it was a setup. We're, like, they're in, in team meetings, you know, the night before a game saying, hey, remember, Jenkins is kind of a hothead. Let's get under his skin a little bit uh, when the opportunity presents itself, and let's make him throw a punch. That's, because, a, that's a great point. Because the way they were celebrating, it was like, that's what we talked about. That's what we game planned yeah, for. Yeah, that's the book on Jenkins. I mean, yeah. you can he gets a taunting penalty when he gives up a 10-yard play yeah. a couple of early in the season. And, and he's one of those guys that likes to yap. Well, go back. That's a great point you make because remember 2017. There were two books. Uh, really, it was more ended up being on 2018, but it was the same defense, essentially, right? And there were two stories on the Jags' defense that other teams, I think, eventually said. One, you can make them undisciplined yeah. because they are, they'll, they'll fly off the, the handle here. You know, and they'll pick, they'll throw a punch, or they'll pick up an unsportsmanlike. And so there was that, you know, from Tennessee and Luan to others that tried to get underneath the skin of the Jags defenders and take advantage of their aggressive nature and almost that swagger that they had. Yeah. Well, so that was one. And then in 18, I remember, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was like, hey, the book on them is you get ahead on them early, they go take their ball and go home yeah, the, on the defense especially and and that was the book on the defense like they were like we're done we're checked out we'll see you next week yeah and and there was there were teams that actually like publicly said that if i remember correctly about the jags like hey yeah we just got to get up early on them. and i don't know yeah. if they said it in hindsight of the season or hindsight of the game uh, but i remember that being a narrative so uh to your point, yeah, I think some people do game plan was, for guys like that. Yeah, know? I mean, it was just, a, to me, it was a very weird reaction from Kyle Shanahan and that 49ers sideline because, like I said, it's almost like they expected it. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, in terms of throwing punches, like, yeah, obviously it's not the smartest thing to do. Um, I think there's sometimes in circumstances where, where there's a big scuffle and you're trying get, to offend a teammate, it. so be it. But when you're literally, you know, you go to the ground with, with an, an opponent, and you get back up, and then you throw. You can't do that. You you simply cannot do that. You can't rock the sea and do that. It was just. It was a horrible. It was a bad look, and that had an effect on the entire game. It had an effect on the team. It did because now you have attrition, right? And yes. now you're putting backups in, and then Daniel Thomas in, and then Andre Cisco in, and then yeah. now you're rotating through guys that you're not. Here's the thing, Austin. In the in the Rayshon Jenkins part, 
I think it's less to do about the captaincy, and I'm not disregarding that, but it's more to do with you paid this guy $35 million this offseason, and honestly, I'm not sure he's made a play of consequence yet. Yeah. Other than taunting, other than holding on third down on the first drive, I mean, that's what you're other known than for right now. this play, yeah. and then also an ejection. So, Rayshon, if you're going to do some of those things, give us, like, two picks, a yeah. forced fumble. This, I mean, listen, he's made some plays. I'm, I'm, I don't think he's been absolutely terrible, mm -hmm. but I but think it, he's been more of a problem than a help, and he's been paid $35 million. Well, and that's the thing. You know, if you bring in those high-priced free agents, you need some return on your investment. We talk about Chad Griffin. You know, I think for, for the most part, Chad Griffin – Pretty good return on your investment, right? I mean, yeah, he, I think so. this is a guy who's been following the one receiver. has been doing a pretty good job about it. Um, you know, Marvin Jones was a guy earlier on that we were very adamant saying you're getting a good return on your investment. You know, we'll see how that pans out yeah. now because he's That's gone quiet. Dormant. Yeah, he's gone very dormant. But, yeah, Rashawn Jenkins is a guy right now where if you ask Jaguars fans, what is he known for? What is he bringing to the table? It, it's throwing a punch or it's getting taunting penalties. And yeah. um, you can't pay a guy that much money um, expect him to be a leader in the locker room, whether you're wearing this C or, or you're not. But that money says that you have to be a leader in this locker room, and it's not happening Listen, right now. the bottom line right now is he's in the category of Ross, who they brought over from the Giants. He's in the category of uh, Porter, from the, the receiver from the Raiders. He's in the category of, I mean, I, I like the guy now, but he really didn't play that well when they brought him over there, Drayton Florence, when he came yeah. as a free agent. I mean, right now those guys, I mean, Rayshon Jenkins stealing money from the Jags. He's stealing money. Like, he, he is not doing anything that's validating the contract. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good thing. Because you know what that is? That's called a swing and miss with the owner's dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's bad. Um, and not good at all for the Jags. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, rookie report card time. This should be a quick segment. Uh, <laughs> and, and by the way, like, the crazy thing is, really, only Mac and Trevor are the quarterbacks that are playing. Do we just give Mac Jones valedictorian right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's already won that. Okay. I mean, he's already. Right. The question is, is Mac going to win Rookie of the Year yeah. over Jamar Chase? I, I still think there's a lot to be said about that race. Mm. Um, but, I mean, we can't right now even get Trevor in a category of, like, Rookie of the Week honors. I mean, no. he's not even on the nominee list. No. And, and that's an issue. Like, that is an issue. So, we talk about, really, the two rookie quarterbacks that are playing the most when we come back. Tuesdays from Top Golf Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Well, yeah, it's a pretty long to-do list. We got to get back to, we had some momentum going there. We won two out of three. We're playing uh, excellent defense, opportunistic offense, not turning the ball over. And uh, last week, we lost that a little bit. Uh, even the Indianapolis game, we fell behind, but the street fight was on, and they came back. And but last week, we uh, offensively, we just couldn't can they go so a lot to work on and Agnew's out for a few weeks so we're just uh, putting those puzzle pieces around right now that's and uh, as we speak we're still not quite sure what puzzle pieces are going to be in there yeah it's pretty tough when you don't know what the pieces are going to be <laughs> and the pieces really don't fit well together yeah that's a bad puzzle but I say this and it doesn't matter like I can do that for two or three weeks but it doesn't matter you've got to make it work like you assigned these guys. You had the depth. You you drafted these guys. You you whatever. Uh, and, you know, guys get hurt. People get hurt. Sure. This team would be way better, I think, I think, on offense with Chark, with ETN, with, I don't know, Linder and Shaughnessy, O'Shaughnessy over the last month, you know, uh, and now with Agnew being a part of it. But it's also, and with Robinson healthy. 
they, they would be better. Absolutely, I think they would. I, I thought it was a strength coming into the year, quite honestly, on a, on a team that's not very good. I thought it would be. But now you know what it is. Like, you haven't had Chark since week three. Uh, you've had Linder and O'Shaughnessy bounce out and other guys step in. Uh, you have Arnold where you didn't have a guy like that at the start of the year. You have Robinson who you know is not going. You can't ride him because he's not 100%. Uh, and quite honestly, you should never have leaned on Agnew to the point where your offense wouldn't be able to function if you didn't have him mm -hmm. because he wasn't really in the plans to, to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it is your job as coaches and your job as coordinators and play callers to figure that part out and still grow the kid and help the rookie quarterback. And it's his job to play better and not sit there and use that as excuses. I doubt he is. Uh, the NFL's not built. Those guys aren't built for excuses. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to go fight through it. But they've got to now figure it out. We know what it is. Like, we know who's not going to be a part of it for the last seven games. And you've got to find something. That's why you get paid. Like, that is why you get paid to figure out the chess piece, the puzzle piece, and put it together a different way. And, uh, guys, people do this all the time in the NFL. Yeah. They figure it out. And, and to be honest with you, if you figure it out and you don't have a good quarterback or if you don't have a guy that you think you can trust at the QB position, well, that adds another wrinkle to it. These guys don't have that excuse. They have a talented quarterback. Like, we think this kid's talented. Yeah, he's young, but he's talented. So you don't even have that as an excuse right now. Brent Morton, no, uh, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Tuesdays at Top Golf, trying to figure out this Jags offense, and it's a tough thing to figure out right now. It all starts with the, uh, the quarterback play, uh, and really our rookie report cards, I think uh, if Casey has that set, we'll do it because we can do it in a hurry. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Justin Fields, uh, he went out of the game. It's a rib injury. We'll see if he plays. Um, Andy Dalton came in, fired a 60-yard touchdown pass. Yep. Uh, you know what's amazing to me is that, like, Nick Foles is still on that roster. Yeah. I, I never well, thought Foles would make it through the entire year on that roster. I thought he'd yeah. be traded or cut or something. And, I mean, they've got a third-string quarterback they're paying a ton of million, ton of money to. Sure. Well, I mean, it goes to show you the market, though, of Nick Foles. Yeah. Not, not really not, that high. Not, not there. N not yeah. really that coveted. I mean, boy, what a waste. I mean, you yeah. talk about There's a lot of things to be critical of Chicago. Yeah. But, hey, they got more wins than the Jags. Yeah. All right? We well, can yeah. be critical of Nagy in, the, in, in Chicago, and they have more wins than the Jags. So, yeah. um the, uh, obviously, Trey Lance, I was surprised. I said this yesterday. I was surprised he didn't come in and play junk time. Yeah. Heck, we saw Gabbert go in and play with, like, eight minutes to go in the game yesterday yep. uh, of a 20-point game. Yeah. This felt well, way worse than that. Lance played the last drive, right? Oh, was he on that last drive? He's in the last uh, drive. I was walking yeah. down, didn't even say Okay, yeah, so. Lance so on the last drive. So he did end up playing the last drive. There yeah, you go. Yeah. But, I, mean, uh, I thought he'd play even before that. No, though. for sure, for uh, sure. Because this is a guy they've actually thrown. This is not like, hey, let's just go to Gabbert, the backup guy like Tampa did. Yeah. This is a guy that, hey, we know we want to bring him along. Let's throw him in there. And it's not like Jimmy was giving you that much confidence where he can take you to a Super Bowl this year either. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they, they're a very run-oriented team in San Francisco, and they passed second. So, yeah, I was a little surprised you didn't see a lot more of Trey Lance just to see, hey, if we make a run here, can we throw another wrinkle? I like, you know, when you had uh, Jackson for the, the Ravens a couple years ago, when he made his debut over Joe Flacco, yeah. Lamar Jackson comes in and, um, you know, doesn't... Elevates him. Elevates him, yeah, basically gives you something new. I think Trey Lance can give you something new as well. Yeah, I will say this, Garoppolo is playing consistently good football the last month now. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. like you said, everything's working around cool. him right now yeah. better. But he is playing, if you look at his numbers and if you look at his performance, he's playing good football the last month. So maybe they don't want to upset upset that so much yeah. bottom line is he's not playing zach wilson not uh playing because of injuries still maybe sometime soon it looks like mm -hmm. uh so it leaves mac jones who's coming off that thursday night performance yep. we talked about that a lot on on friday you were gone but i mean mac was brilliant again yeah I, I, the thing i i really struck austin you weren't here for it but 
the thing that struck me about Mac, and I give him an A on, on I think we both did, mm -hmm. but he really had to make about two throws in that game. Mm -hmm. And really, there was a third one that was contested. Actually, he, he just threw bad. That was the pick. But he throws a great ball to Hunter Henry over the middle. Yeah. When previously, he got pressure in his face on like a third and five, and I think it was Myers picked it off the turf on a nice play. Yeah. But it was a good read. It was a good conversion. He, he gave his, his guy a chance to make a play. His guy did make a play. Outside of that, I've... He had, he had about as easy as you could make it. Guys were open. They schemed it open. I don't understand why the Jags can't scheme it open like they are scheming it open, quite frankly, because the personnel's about the same outside of the, the tight ends, and I would argue that Dan Arnold's a pretty good tight end right now for the Jags. It's just, it's wild in terms of motion, in terms of, you know, change of direction. It's just, you, you saw a showcase of it. You know, you saw it with, I mean, San Francisco, we see with Mac Jones now as well and using his guys to his advantage. And a lot of good offenses are doing this. You don't see that right now at Jacksonville. No, and obviously uh, the Trevor Lawrence, what, I gave him a C. I don't think he played poorly. I, I gave him a C as well. But I don't know if he played well. <laughs> I mean, it was, I'll, I'll be honest, and I hate using the word, but it was more just vanilla. I mean, I don't know, nothing really stood out, Well, which is unfortunate. That's why I said yesterday, I said, I didn't even know both quarterbacks played the game. Yeah. Quite frankly. That's how much of a mismatch it was yeah. overall that I didn't even really notice the quarterbacks. Like, how weird is that yeah. in an NFL game? Especially a 30-10 to 10 one. Usually, your quarterback, if you only got 10 points, will have thrown three turnovers. Yeah. That wasn't even the case. All right, 4 o'clock coming up. I want to talk more about the fight Austin had in the belt. Where is it? <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 live from Top Golf.